Forgotten Flicks, episode 44, The Gate, 1987. You've been back. Hello and welcome to Forgotten Flicks. I am Joel and joined by, as always, JV. Not JV, I'm actually not joined by JV, but JV gave me static about using the as always thing. I know he was meaning as I refer it to myself, but I'm actually referring to the one and only, the Jasonionion, Jason. I just gotta say, the old gods are here and I am they. <laughs> are you they? I am there. Uh, you are Good there. evening, my friend. As always, yes, I am as always here as JV as, says. Well, always, I am, I am as as always. I am Joel, <laughs> and I am here. And I may, in fact, be a munchie At least, but I'm you're not, not always here. No, I'm not. Def- always Joel. Yeah, I am always Joel, and I might, in fact, be wearing a munchie suit as we speak. <laughs> it's debatable. That's so. My yes, bit. tonight we will be discussing the gate, the inimitable, the. The white picket, uh, the chain ooh, link. Ooh, yes, the wrought iron. Oh, wrought iron. Yes, huh? yes, good. yes. Very good. Yes, the gate. <laughs> I need some. I need some WD forty. It's a bit the squeaky. Gate to yeah. hell. <laughs> yes. So the gate uh, is is the movie, and honestly, Jason, I guess we could get right into it since we aren't doing feedback at the beginning anymore. <laughs> no, but do we have a trailer? Um, we do. We do. Um. So what else do we do in the beginning? What do we do in the beginning? Do we ever do? Oh, it? I know. No, ah, screw it. Uh, wait, did we say flicks it or forget it? No, no, no. What have you seen lately? Nope. No, oh, that's way back. No. Um, thanks to Kevin Spencer. Now we'll get to that. No, you, you, you got a freebie, Kevin, right there at the beginning. Look at that. You didn't have to wait um, the end. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Ooh, check us out on yes. ForgotFlix.com. Yeah. Oh, and we, oh, I checked the iTunes page. I completely forgot that last time. Oh yes, check the iTunes page. Yeah. God, these episodes are just flying by. They really mm. are. Mm. Wow, they get they get big so quick, don't they? <laughs> I know. That's what she said. Here's the trailer. There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine. A gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs. And now, someone has opened the gate. This weird tearing sound there is the decomposed corpse of her dead father. Oh no! He's tearing out here by the hands. I'm calling the police. You got demons.
I love that the trailer rhymes at the end. And you got demons. It's like he's telling you, you got crabs. You got crabs? I know. <laughs> now, before we go into the synopsis, Jason, and then you can go into it immediately following this, a word from our spoiler sponsor. Oh, yes, this is my favorite part. Because, like, all the kids are running outside, and then, like, Glenn sees his parents, like, Mom, Dad! And then he goes and gives his dad a hug, but it's not really his dad, because it's actually... Excuse me. Excuse me. Spoiler alert, please. Oh, come on, you mind? I'm trying to watch the movie. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, did you just get into a car and drive off in the middle of the movie? <laughs> it, at least at least JV acknowledged the absurdity of the moment. <laughs> So either his TV is located on the side of like some two lane, you know, backwater highway, or maybe it was a drive-in. It was a drive-in. It was a drive-in. That's what it was. It was at the drive-in. Drive-in that you go ninety miles an hour, screech to a halt, and right, buddy. peel off. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you the kind of drive-in. Right. But before we get into the synopsis, I got to point out something. Um, it, by the way, well, I got to say, fantastic job, JV, as always. I yes. love the spoiler alerts. Yeah. Um, but I want to get back to the trailer for just a second Go because for it, buddy. <sighs> this brings up something I didn't get a chance to mention in our last episode. And we talked about, uh, well, not last episode before we talked about teen wolf. Um, yes, we did the whole, yes, the whole idea of, and you and I have talked about this before trailers being done before the movies are done. Now I understand you're making a movie you're almost finished. You need to start marketing. So you have people come in. They take whatever clips you've got, and they kind of make stuff up. Okay. And then put that out there. And, you know, it's usually fairly engaging. It's just got to be slightly enough of the story. But, you know, one of the things that bothers me is the whole sound effects thing. So a line or sound that they put in the trailer and then is not in the movie or sounds that are absolutely completely different in Teen Wolf – they play the trailer um, has different parts of him being cool. And as he woofs out and then woofs out, and then they play the, of course, classic scene where he goes into the liquor store and says, give me a keg of beer. But it sounds like, it sounds like he's talking one of those. It sounds like he had emphysema. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and... One of those, one of those throat machines. Give me yeah. a of beer. Yeah. <laughs> and... Excuse me. <laughs> May I have a keg of beer and some jerky? <laughs> and throw in a pack of palm all 100 please. Yes. <laughs> I prefer Salem menthol light, please. So, it's not that actually... we're making fun of throat cancer. That no. would be wrong. Oh, no. wrong. No. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about the guy who dipped and like his whole like jaw? It was weird, dude. I'll tell you about that later. It's pretty disturbing. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But go ahead. Tell me. Yes, you were saying. Um, so, yes, I'm. <laughs> so, your, so your gripe is that they will add in things. Now, I got a, I got a thing about the Teen Wolf. I kind of question, is that the original, original trailer? Or is that a trailer somebody, like, made after the fact? Because like, I don't. It looked like a film trailer. Now, I. No, know. no, it was a film trailer. But, I mean, did it. I mean. Because every once in a while, people will put, like, their own their own version. Yeah, that's true. And I kind of question. Everything, else, for everything else seemed right. 
So it yeah. would be, yeah. and I guess they may have to mess with it, but yeah. I, I've definitely seen where I've been in a theater pre movie mm-hmm, and course. you see a trailer and there's some line well, keep or in sound. Mind, most, or tra- most trailers are most of them, unless it's a teaser are done after the movie shot or at least while it's being edited. So they have all the footage. So oftentimes well, that's what I mean. It's done. But that's after... why you'll, but you'll get a scene because it was intended to be. And then maybe that but then they'll cut it. Yeah. Or... Because they'll do some test screening and they'll realize, Oh crap. Yeah. The audiences hate this scene, but it'll end up in the trailer. Cause the trailer is purely a marketing tool. So they don't, you know, they're not that much worried about whether or not it's accurate. I, but I hate that more. It's okay. I can at least excuse. I think it's funny that the sound effects in the trailer are different than the sound effects they have in the actual movie. Um, and I trying to bring this back over to the gate is I'm, the scene where he says, you've been bad. Oh, you mean um, this one? You've been bad. Yeah, it doesn't sound exactly like the movie. Like the movie, they maybe they. I imagine them sitting there in the editing room, thinking, oh, "You know what? That needs to be a little deeper." Oh no, they absolutely no, they absolutely do change things like that for the trailer <laughs> to get more of an emphasis. I, yeah, yeah, so that true. I can at least excuse. But when they fully cut out scenes or like a, they have a funny joke that they put in the trailer, and you're like watching the movie, and you're like, "Oh, oh, here comes the part. Here comes the part. Wait, he's gonna wait. Wait, he didn't say it." I, I will say though, if a mo- if a movie is so effing bad <laughs> that you are anticipating a joke you recall from the trailer, and when it doesn't come through, you're disappointed. That really doesn't speak well of the movie you're watching. And my bigger gripe is when all the good best jokes are in the trailer. Oh yeah, that's true too. Or I when hate you that. watch the trailer and the only like they took every good part of the movie. Oh yeah, you know what you know what trailer? that was? You know what that was? That was species. Oh my god! Have, we, have I gone but on my species? Wait, wait. Before. Have I gone on my species rant on the show? I, don't, I know uh-huh. I've done it to you like eighteen times. Have I done it on the show? If uh, so, it was like maybe. It was episode, little, you know, I think we're. Oh, you for, know what? We did it on Deep Star Six and Leviathan. I okay, think. Well, that was a long time ago. So real quick, <laughs> I just want to say, species trailer comes out. And I'm like, holy crap, this looks awesome. I mean, he's got Ben Kingsley, Forrest Whitaker, how could H.R. Geiger. Uh, or Geiger, whatever. Did uh, school me on that later, stop. Peter? Call me later. He call me as H.R. Geiger, Geiger. Puffin stuff. Puffin stuff. Yeah, something like that. Puffin stuff. Why, you are old. So, yeah, so HR, HR Geiger's done the, I mean, the, the yeah, design. So the guy did alien designs for Love of God. So it's going to be awesome. The trailer was great. And then you saw the movie. Now, keep in mind, this is a movie that has Natasha Henstridge pretty much doing the full Monty throughout. <sighs> okay? This is a movie that should have been awesome on so many levels. But you want to know the moment I knew it wasn't going to be awesome? Let me explain the moment I knew. Forrest Whitaker's character. Now, Forrest freaking Whitaker, okay? We're not talking about Joe Schmo Schlub over here. We're talking about a great no. actor, okay? Oscar winning, yes, now, last he, king of Scotland, fantastic, yes, you know. Great actor. Love him. Did a yes. crying game. Fantastic. Yes. Love this guy, okay? Yep. And it's not his fault he didn't write this crap, but he did say it. <laughs> his character's a psychic. Key point. Psychic. Minor spoiler alert for species. The character Syl starts off as a little girl. She's this alien creature, whatever, and she goes onto a train and, for all intents and purposes, goes into a cocoon. And when she comes out, she's Natasha Henstridge hottie. Oh, quick trivia point. When she's a little girl, Michelle Williams, as in Dawson's Creek, as in really back mountain and fantastic actress in a long time yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah she that's her which is like one of her first roles it may have been her first the uh feature role i don't know anyway so here's the dealio so she's in this nasty cocoon she breaks free a subway car it, no it was a train i think it's just a train or a train yeah i, okay. I seem to recall it being a trick i think it was above i think it was above <laughs> but anyway above. 
okay. of land. Yeah, it was a hover train. It was, it was on land. <laughs> so it was a flying it train. Was, it was a Back to the Future four. So, <laughs> so she she I'm comes out of this cocoon, and they they uh, stewardess spoiler alert for species again, folks gets killed. Or what the hell would you call it on a train? Is it a stewardess? I don't know what that. I guess so. What is it called? A con- conductor? conductor. A conductor. Let's a conductor. call her. A okay, a conductress. And, <laughs> you know, to keep it PC and all. So she's killed and Syl's gone and, and, and Ben Kingsley and the team. Okay. Um, oh, what's the chick's name from uh, uh, CSI? Oh, God. She's really attractive. Red, reddish hair. Oh, damn it. CSI? Yes, she's on CSI, the original with Gus Grissom. Oh. Mar- is it Margo something? Futz- oh, I forget Futz- her name. Damn it. I know who you're talking about. Margo Futzen Fats or Futzen Crotch or <laughs> Futzen Mary-, Mary Jane Rotten Crotch. No. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway, we'll look that up later. We'll cheat later. So her, she's in. So this has got a great cast. So Ben Kingsley, yes, their right. whole team's on there. But I'm, gl- I'm glad we didn't have anything to say at the beginning before we started talking about the gate. And they get on this train. There's this big, nasty, bloody, meaty cocoon, busted open, dead conductress on the ground. Sill's gone. <clears throat> so they're staying the flies. You know, you get the pressure. It's hot. It's stinky, rotty meat. It's, it's, it's actually a la um, Alien when you've got the c- yeah, kind of the egg yeah, sacs yeah, and the, the cocoon yes. and all. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, yes. so, so yeah. Forrest Whitaker comes on. You <clears throat> even see him do, I believe, that slight, like, you know, kind of Kevin James gag reflex move of the... Because the smell hits him, and he mm-hmm. pauses. Mister Psychic, key point, pauses and says, "Something bad has happened here." <laughs> Are you really Einstein? <laughs> you think what well, psychic powers, huh? <laughs> really, John Edwards, other side, uh, Miss Cleo. Maybe you're Miss. What? Are you freaking? D- and what that gave was, it I, away. I checked was it, it out. Was it slime I, dripping from the ceiling, or that, was it? The... I checked out, dude. I was gone at that point. When somebody <laughs> says something that profoundly stupid, <laughs> and it's Marge Hilgenberger. Thank you, Hilgenberger. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. Uh, yeah. Hamburger or something. Hamburger. Hamburger. The hottie from CSI. Is yes, yes, yes. Like cougar <clears> hottie. <throat> but anyway, nonetheless. <laughs> so yes, the point I'm trying to make oh, yeah. is so the trailer was with deceptive, awesome. and I should yes. have done. My friend Terry, who's called in the show before, great guy, as he told me today, just on today, and he told me that apparently someone is suing. He couldn't remember if it was the uh, studio, the filmmakers, or the theaters that showed the movie Drive, because she apparently or he thought that they were seeing. I guess Fast and the Furious, when they saw the trailer for Drive, uh, the one that just came out with Ryan Gosling. And if you've seen Drive, you know it's not anything like that. It is a more kind of serious, <laughs> dark drama. And then you're going to say, um, we're suing you because the movie sucks. No, we, uh, no, no well, the movie didn't suck, but she's suing because of false advertising, I believe. Yeah. Because the trailer gave the yeah, impression. Yeah, that's way too far. If you've got enough time and money on your hands that you can sue people because a movie trailer didn't live up to the movie. Yeah, sorry. And no offense if that's going to be, if we're going to set that standard, whoa, I'm talking back. Class action yeah, lawsuits up the well union. shut Hollywood yeah. down. Yeah. Well, uh, no, anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> then we'd be out of jobs. And... No, dude, what are you talking about? We, everything we talk about has been made. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, so uh, no. So let me get back to my point. Yes. Um, the worst part of it is, uh, even to that level, is when they make some storyline string or something that happens in the trailer that doesn't actually exist in the movie. So where it's actually even misleading, 
But the, the better indicator is if that's actually the case, that only happens when the movie sucks really bad. Oh yeah, because then you were then you know then you especially if you go back and see the trailer again, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. I think it's more it's more obvious to me when it's a back in the day when you'd have a big action movie like a you know something starring Bruce Willis or Stallone and they would say some really cool line in the trailer and you're a kid yeah. so you think it's awesome and then they yeah. get to the movie and then eh, they don't say it. You're like, what? What are you supposed I know. to say? Uh, yeah. Now yep. that's when it would annoy me. But I digress, <laughs> yeah. Jay. So you want to just uh, kick us a little quick synopsis? I mean, in fact, uh-huh. you all you really have to do is read the dialogue <laughs> from yeah. the what was Let it me... called? The Book of Shadows or the Dark? What the hell is it book called? Book of the Dark. Book of the Dark. Yeah, the Dark Book. That the was Dark it. Book. The Dark Book. That yes. was it. Yes. Um. And while I while I'm telling you the synopsis, I'm just gonna put my finger on my nose. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a, not, um, so basically it's a story of, a brother and sister, young Glenn, who is, uh, played by Stephen Dorff, who in this movie is like, now that's 10, the Tim Conway character, eight. right? <laughs> yeah, Dorf? yeah. Yes. He was in the Dorf on golf and yes. yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got he it. was great in those. Although he looked weird. They kind of made his hair up. Look old. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Glenn is, you know, I'd say 10, uh, maybe 12 and his older sister, Alexandra, um, goes by Al. She's played by uh, Krista Denton, and she is actually 15. And her parents, uh, are, his and her parents, are going away for an overnight, like out of town. And they entrust her to to babysit um, her little brother. And in the meantime, there is this hole that's kind of opened up out in the backyard. And it the movie opens with um, Glenn having a dream about being in this tree house and the tree gets struck by lightning, it falls over and the hole that's left after the tree <clears throat> turns out to be this um, great big giant. Jason though, real quick before you continue on. Yeah. We, we're both from Florida. How don't you hate it? How many times does that happen to you? Oh, you're what a hole opens up no, in your No, 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 you're up in a tree house in the lightning storm. Oh my God. And yeah. it <laughs> takes out the tree you're in and then you're like, oh crap, here all, we go again. Just don't build a house, a tree house in a tree. This is true, especially in Florida. <laughs> the lightning is bad. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so basically, the story is that this hole um, it opens up in the backyard, but all these very strange occurrences uh, begin to happen in their house. All these odd things, and they begin to escalate. And at one point, uh, spoiler alert: they realize that that hole is the gate to hell. And demons are coming out of it because they have accidentally, accidentally conducted all of these exact things that need to happen to open the gates. I hate it when that happens. God, hey, we going to do some levitation and the holy holy mashugana for one for one second? If you think about reading the dark book, you stupid mashugana. I pull a splinter out of hey. my hand that's bloody. I drop in the hole. Hey. And I have not turn the hole. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Continue with so, your synopsis. Yes. <laughs> um, all of these things um, that they have to do exactly, just accidentally all seem to happen. And, of course, what that does, it leads to uh, the great giant grand wizard dragon demon comes out. Well, you forgot uh, all the minions. Did you mention all the minions? Oh, yes, I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so all the demons start coming out, and the epiphany of it all, or I guess the climax, is supposed to be that the big demon, it's not really Satan. It's kind of like 
big giant nasty demon. It's kind of like big giant ant eater demon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clash of the Titans kind of demon. Yeah, it, had, yo, it was definitely, and it was intended to be Harryhausen esque. So that. Oh yes, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But so anyway, um, they accidentally do all these things that really lead to all this really disgusting, nasty, disturbing stuff happening in the house, and um, so the climax. And we'll give it away. They have to try and figure out how to close the gate, the latch, the lock, the pin. Close the gate. Yeah. Yes. Close so, it behind you, hon. The latch might not catch. Um, it's actually a very small cast, relatively speaking. It's really just um, uh, Glenn and Al, who play the brother and sister, and um, Glenn's best friend, Terry, uh, played by Lewis Tripp, and then some, like, ancillary teenage girl, 80s, small hair stand-ins. <laughs> and then, of course, Mom and Dad, who have a really just kind of a cameo almost. They play in the beginning, and then they um, appear later on as this vision or illusion. And that's where you hear dad, um, kind of the demon takes the, been bad. um, and then that's really pretty much the entire cast other than a couple other teenagers who pop in and out. But, um, so that's the synopsis. I'll leave it at that. And Excellent synopsis, Jason. <laughs> Glad you got through that, buddy. I tried. Yes. So now, now I'm taking my finger off my nose. So Excellent. <laughs> yes. So the gate, um, as we said, came out in 1987 and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a, it was a pretty low budge affair. I don't recall the exact amount. I don't know if you have that off the top of your head, but mm. it wasn't, it wasn't a huge butted, but a butted. <laughs> I like big butts on my pictures and I don't know why. I, for some reason, I remember like just 2 million, something right it was, around it was that. In the, yeah. the low budget. Yeah, yeah. For a bigger, studio horror movie you know well, interestingly enough in the uh if you if actually the director con well it's actually the director writer special effects guy commentary right the commentary on the dvd was really good they really went a lot of things and it was interesting they pointed out that their movie opened up against ishtar <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that is what you call the sweet god cinema god smiling upon your awesome cheese ball horror movie that's what that's called because Wait, thing opens up against et and the gate opens up against it. seriously does it get better than that because at the time <laughs> i mean you're talking warren Beatty, dustin hoffman 40 million dollar budget which for 1987 was a lot of moolah is it really 40 million 40 million for a star dude oh my god but as we've had the discussion before, it doesn't. It's like, oh, well, Ishtar didn't make any of its money back. Yeah, but so what? According to the quote unquote books, neither has coming to America. So yeah, there you well, go. Ishtar also sucked. <laughs> Touche. You know what? I've never seen it. Like, I don't even I think mean, I've, really? No, nope, never saw it. I think I remember as a kid, we rented it and it started and it was almost like on some deep. Like collective unconscious psychic level, I just knew it would suck to the point where I couldn't take it, and I just walked out of the room. We, you have got, we've got to watch that. I don't know. That's if a we'll true do forgotten episode. Flick. Yeah, yeah, because that really is. I think there have probably been a lot of people who have not seen it, oh, yeah. and I think it's one of those that gets made fun of a lot, regardless of whether or not people have seen it. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I was like, oh, it's, it's like Ishtar. It's like you don't even know yes. what you're talking about. No, yeah, it's like Howard know. the Duck. You know, that's which I have seen multiple times, and I'm ashamed to admit it. Yeah. Well, I liked it. What, Howard the Duck? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I'm still ashamed. There's lots of things I like that I'm kind of ashamed of. <laughs> Let's start with that thing I did in the alley. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hey, now. I thought you said you weren't going to talk about that. Dude, it was just Funyuns. <laughs> yeah, so. But it hurt. <laughs> oh, God. 
Uh, well, I, I was about to go in really bad places. I pulled. I good yeah. job, oh, Joel. Pull back to PG thirteen. Yeah, whoa, whoa we really um, back. <laughs> okay. All right. Before we get too far down a rabbit trail, I did want to point something out, and we kind of mentioned because I did say the cast was small, but um, we want to talk about the director for a second. Yes. Uh, Tibor Takax. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, true. Um, who is most notable for doing uh, uh, TV and does a lot of TV movies, TV series, and um, uh, did uh, a movie called Rats back in 2003, which you yes. know, was kind of a... Kind I vaguely of, remember that. It was a low-budge um, um, horror movie, but most known for... Because one of the things I love, I, you and I have talked about this, we, we talk a lot about IMDb, and I swear to God, one of these days, I'm going to get this to be a game show on our show. Name the four movies IMDb lists as known for for this actor <laughs> oh, or director call. or yeah, person <laughs> and is that is that constant or does that ever ch- i would imagine it changes i've never seen a change because we've actually talked about a lot of actors we've gone back to several times i would uh, it does change if a new movie comes out yeah, so I would think that, yeah. but it I, I don't know how they what formula they have i don't know if it's uh, box office or visits or clicks or, or known links. for like really legitimately like they're most popular for maybe yeah maybe. i don't know how they do it but i know that for when new movies come up they definitely change but um, I just got to say for, for a director, is, is it a career boon when two of the movies you're known for are Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart and Sabrina Goes to Rome, the sequel? Well, you're the one with teenage daughter, so you tell me. Let me guess you've actually seen those, haven't you? Uh, actually, I've seen the TV series because back in the 90s when it was popular – um, my girls, my older girls did watch it, but I don't think I've ever seen the movies. Um, but anyway, so those are the two. The other two are The Gate and I, Madman. Well, so is there a dichotomy well, well, there? Well, is there a, well yeah, but I'm a, actually surprised you didn't pick up on him doing some movies that you would, I would think, love. Like well, Me- Mega Snake, uh, Ice no. Spiders, <laughs> Kraken, no. Tentacles of the Deep. <laughs> but I did notice he's Mansquito. got He's got um his he's in post production for Spiders 3D. Now I have seen Mansquito and I've talked about with uh that Kevin Bashelder who does the tuning into sci-fi he was on our the, last episode with us. Yep, absolutely. New York. Um he's he, we actually have talked about Mansquito and a few of these others uh, Tornado Warning and and uh, Kraken but um his newer stuff I think that's one of those okay I can make money on these. I can do these and get paid. Because before that, it was Sabrina. Sabrina. Oh, wait, wait, no. And uh, go a little further, my friend. It's also <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> Double dare. Booyah. <laughs> um, but to be fair, because you know what? Let's go ahead and get right into the film and what we thought of it. Um, to be fair... I haven't seen this in a good number of years. I was probably the age of young Glenn uh, when I saw it. 87, it came out. I probably saw it in 88, 89, mm-hmm. 90, something like that. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. Um, and I remembered a lot of it, but I didn't remember what I, you know, I, I didn't remember how, if it was cheesy or if it was bad, if it was good. So I went into this kind of neutral. Um, this movie was actually kind of freaky. And it reminded me of the scary the way that poltergeist in the, the first half of the movie was scary, you know, with the psychological fear happening. And, um, I really kind of like this movie and 
I know it got low ratings in Rotten Tomatoes. It got like 33%, uh, but I really liked it. And there are a couple of things in it that I love the most. And one of them is um, several points as it's building up <clears throat> into the beginning of the movie, but then as a, a, one of the climax parts, the house is quiet, and then you hear like these mumbling voices. You remember those parts? I'm just letting you finish. <laughs> but do you remember that? <clears throat> like in the beginning, we was having his nightmare, and you're like, Actually, kind I, of, no, I completely messed that. Oh, see, now you're gonna you're gonna knock me for it. Um, and the other thing is the imps. So the little guys that are running around in the rubber suits yep. that kind of look mm-hmm. like little people in rubber yep. suits with these scary masks. Um, overall, I mean, it was it was cheesy. This and it was definitely don't start backtracking was, now, Chief. I'm not. I'm not. It was cheesy. There were some definite points where it was on the nose, and I, I point that out because that's what I give the synopsis. There are definite things like, hey, I just happened to got this record from my dad from Europe that has all the solutions to what we're supposed to do to close the gate and uh, all the stuff we did to open the gate. You know, we threw our dead dog in there and the guy that died in the wall, and oh, yep, yeah, you, yep. you did the incantation, uh-huh. and oh, we levitated. Um, so <laughs> those, those parts were a little on the nose. But as a whole, this movie did have some really freaky, scary parts to it, and... Um, I dug it, and the imps and the voices and some of those other things were were fun. Now, it's definitely got it's definitely not poltergeist level. Uh, it's definitely not the thing scary, but it was scary enough that it was kind of freaky to watch in a dark room. And speaking, I actually kind of liked it. Speaking so. of, speaking of the of of the poltergeist, uh, I've I've made it I've turned it into a hobby now where I actually am trying to find like old Cisco and Ebert clips from the eighties oh. on YouTube and it's like ridiculously fun. And there's actually some behind the scenes stuff folks that you have got to watch. Cause Ebert really kind of a dick and um, <laughs> really just, he's just the way, and I, I don't know if it was like him, maybe it's like out of context, maybe the way he's treating Cisco, but you're kind of like, God, Cisco punch him. <laughs> he's such an ass. Anyway, kind of like I should sometimes. Punch yeah. Him. Actually to kind of remind me, I, I, I'm totally Ebert. Like I'll acknowledge that right now. It's ridiculous. I wish I was Cisco. I'm Ebert, no. but, but yeah, I mean, but minus the intellect and the, um, you know, yes. legitimate movie savvy. Uh, <clears throat> however, actually, yeah, history. Yeah. Uh, although I used to weigh almost as much. Oh, wow. I did. Um, so I, yeah. I don't anymore. So, but then again, neither does he. So there you go. Yes. But oh, I was going to say the pol- poltergeist. Um, they poltergeist, actually, they yeah, actually they, well, somewhere. Ebert didn't completely hate on it, but they actually didn't give it a very high rating back in the day. Sis- yeah, Cisco was knocking it. I was like, it's so funny that when you watch something like that in the context of being an adult, a movie that you grew up with as a kid that you absolutely adore, and then they're making all these arguments. And you're like, well, you know what? Within the framework of when they were seeing it, I did kind of yeah, see their point right. a little yeah. bit, but nah, I still just grill love that movie. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the gate. <laughs> I too loved this movie as a child. I, I other, unlike Jason, I actually was around the age of Glenn when this movie came out. Jason would probably be more like the age of Al or like perhaps the parents. Senior. I was, I was graduating from high school at the time. So. Yeah. 1987, right? <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good stuff. And then there's Kevin alone in the dark going, screw you guys. <laughs> I'm going home. Yes, the gate. So I watched this movie, trying to keep an open mind. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me, I had to clear something out there. And okay. Yeah, I really totally dug this movie too. I'm not even gonna 
play it off like you did the other day. I knew you couldn't. I yeah. knew you couldn't. Yeah. I knew cheesy oh. horror. Oh yeah, 80s, it was. You well, could here's not the here's the key. But wait, wait, wait. Yes, I could. Oh, yes, I could. If it, had, oh, I've got notes. Yeah, but I still liked it. Well, well, here's the thing about it. The first forty minutes, pretty much nothing happens of any real substance. But it's such a little slice of politically incorrect eighties, like yeah. <laughs> And the best part is this is a family horror movie, okay? That's the key element here. Understand this movie was marketed to families. Well, and really? actually, Oh, and actually, according to the writer and director, it was not marketed appropriately. They tried the marketing to actually make it more for older teenagers and adults. But in fact, it was made as a family, quote-unquote, friendly horror flick. But here's the key. Here's the key. Yeah. Michael Nankin, the guy who wrote it. Yes. At the time when he wrote this, he was around 30 years old. And he had just gotten he had this whole project he was going to direct and he had written and he was a passion yeah. project and everything fell through. Had to go back to, you know, go back home, tail between his legs, miserable, depressed, decided I'm going to write this messed up, dark, twisted horror movie just to get all this stuff out of my system. And he used a lot of things from his own childhood. He apparently had a childhood friend named Terry. He uh, the whole idea ah. of digging the hole in the backyard is from his childhood, although in their <laughs> scenario, they were trying to dig a hole to China. And it lasted, oh, think over most of the summer and led to a gardener tripping, falling into the hole. And I don't know if he broke his leg, but he ended up suing Terry's parents. <laughs> so I guess he was sort of the, the representation awesome. of the demon. And uh, but they, you know, a lot of the elements were uh, the, the, the uh, workmen in the wall. Yes. He said his friend Terry, when he moved to this, uh, the writer, Michael, when he moved to the neighborhood, he was four or five years old. He's the first day he's there. He meets this kid, Terry, across the street. The first thing this kid says to him is, hey, man, your house is haunted. And <laughs> Michael, looks, guy in your Michael says, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, when they were building it, one of the construction workers died and they buried him in the wall. And then walks off. Like, this is how this guy meets his best friend as a child, right? And this is all in the commentary? That, uh, like yes. The, uh... Yeah, the, com like, so the commentary was great. They really did a lot of cool stuff. Although my favorite element of the commentary, and we'll go into this briefly, is when Gate 2, the trespassers, get you know, brought up for a moment. Even And the, the same writer and director were involved with that picture. And the kid um, who played Terry, uh, what was his name, Lewis something or other? Yeah. Like, what was it? Hold on, I got I'm gonna cheat. Uh, trip, Lewis trip. trip. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> got him. Yes, he, he was in it as well. There's. It's really funny because like well, yeah, they they made some kind of joke about what they could do for a sequel, and then someone said, I think it may have been the effects guy, uh, Randall Randall William uh, Cook, who says, uh, Yeah, oh, except that we've already you know they you know did a sequel, and it was just like this moment of like awkward silence. It just lasted a little too long, and like kind of like a uh, yeah, uh huh, and. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they just it was the way they <laughs> reacted with no real reaction that just spoke volume. So but yeah, so Michael Nankin, the the screenwriter, he you know had all these kind of cool stories that connected and it was meant an original I guess the original script was this hardcore horror flick. I mean, it was really? not meant for kids at all, but because his protagonist and in the original it was two brothers and they were younger. I think Glenn was meant to be the older brother. And they ended up Al, which I'm guessing is why they call her Al, because Al, I'm guessing yeah. they ended up making I mean, that the old, was the older brother. And very um, late in the game, the director thought, you know, well, let's make it a female and more interesting dynamic. And the, the thing was that I, I really I loved about that first 40 minutes or so was that it really was such a slice, like I said, a slice of this, you know, 80s kind of cheese ball without being obnoxious. You know, it wasn't yeah. so trained, although and I will say. It had dancing in the party, right? Did it have the ubiquitous white kids dancing? Uh, 
but it wasn't yeah, a, very a little, little bit, a little bit. Lot. But but interestingly, for an eight, mid eighties party in suburbia, upper class, upper middle class suburbia, there was a pretty diverse crowd there. Like I was actually like thinking because at first I was gonna like write down on my notes, <laughs> typical you know wasp dance fest, uh, you know the, the, the wasp <laughs> dance fever. But no, it was actually there was a mix. I mean, it was there was you know a little bit of multicultural stuff going there. It was kind of just for an eighties movie. It's always that never really happens. Let's just be honest. And okay. can I point something out about that that party for just a second before yeah. you continue on about you know, and the, the whole, kids whole were thing. smoking, which good luck getting away with that today. Yeah. yeah, and okay, let me just back this up for a second. Okay, we've talked a lot about uh, actresses and characters who are supposed to be high school age or yes. you know high school juniors and seniors who look like they are thirty, you know, or uh-huh. twenty five, and uh, that how most often that's what happens. Um, and their characters just somehow, I mean, I know it makes it work because they're supposed to be more responsible or aggressive or whatever it's going on. This one, is it just me or did she seem like 13? She didn't seem 13. She seemed her age, which I'll actually say that the vast majority of all of the actors seemed their age, which was refreshing as crap. Like, okay, all but of- how many, how many 15 year olds have a big grown up party with smoking and all that? Like, uh- I knew some pretty freaky fifteen-year-olds back in the day, dude. Yeah, I yeah, I buy it. And she was a pretty, I don't think. I mean, I think you liar. You never went to parties when you were fifteen. Oh no, I didn't. I said I knew fifteen-year-olds that threw them. I didn't say I was invited to any of them. But I would say that I totally buy a fifteen-year-old pulling that crap. Yeah, I don't know. It felt a little. It felt like that would be something that a full-on high school senior, maybe yeah, you nah. know, something like that. Pish but posh. I totally. Disagree. She just seems so young. In weird science. Like in weird science, as I um uh, to quote, he doesn't even have his license, Lisa. Um, you know, you remember in weird science, right? Because they're fifteen yes, years yes. old. They're fifteen, yes. and they have the party to end all parties. Yes, but they did that because of who they had. At okay, so I, I rest my case. If girls mature faster than boys and those boys were savvy enough to create Kelly LeBrock with a computer and a Barbie doll, I'm just saying. I think a 15-year-old if, if I was 15 and I had Kelly LeBrock at my house, I would have a party. I'm just saying. Dude, if you were 38 and had Kelly LeBrock at your house, I would call the party. police so they could come and free that poor woman from the dog cage you had her I in. I would have a party. <laughs> yes, you would. A party of one. No two. She'd be here. Oh, Kelly LeBrock. Oh. Well, Kelly LeBrock, now or Kelly LeBrock, circa 1985. You know, really, just based on my teenage fantasies, it doesn't matter. Interesting. <laughs> run. If Kelly we had Kelly LeBrock. on the show. Kelly LeBrock, run. I would tell I would tell her what you told Kelly Maroney. You helped launch my puberty. <laughs> um, when we eventually do the Weird Science episode, totally going to have to tell you the story where a friend and I tried to recreate that whole scenario but we're going to that later we'll go to that'll be later. a teaser <laughs> a yeah. teaser so, that you may want to avoid <laughs> but anyway that was what i think she just seemed really yes. kind of young okay but i did like the fact that all the teenagers did seem everybody seemed like a teenager and yeah, I, uh here's the key the first 40 minutes i've said this like eight times <laughs> felt like the 80s the last hour dude it's balls to the wall it's like yeah it's it's non-stop. entertaining as hell like i was like watching going this is actually entertaining. It's cheesy at parts, but the effects hold up, I think, really well. There's a few moments of the effects are like, but like the little minions, the little demonic creatures, they're, first off, they used, this is really cool. Those are actually full-grown people in rubber suits. 
And yeah. it wasn't all done via like green screen and mats. It was actually a lot of that was forced perspective, like they used like on Darby like O'Gill. Models and the little and, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and and the best, I, the hands down, one of the coolest shots ever. I mean, ever. Certainly pre computers. Screw you and your computers and your ones and zeros and Hal doing your work for you, artists. No. These guys created that moment when the workman, the zombie workman guy, falls forward, hits the ground, and just oh, scatters dude. into all those little minions <laughs> without a single cut while those little kids are standing 10 feet away. And yeah. they kind of briefly went into the fact that those kids were actually standing 12 feet above. Really? Yes. And that that's how they got their pers- – it's all forced perspective. Oh, it's yeah. so freaking cool. Well, it definitely adds something, especially if you don't know anything about how the movie was made. It definitely adds so much when you watch it and you see those guys, like the little minions, when they come jumping out of the hole and they kind of do that running with the little butts wiggling and they're running and they stop and their faces just stare. It gives it a completely different feel than if they had been, uh, you know, rubberized maquettes or claymation or yes, um, it, it it gave them a creepier feel. I mean, it gave them like real people coming after you, but these little um, – these li- yeah, so I love those little minion things. Well, Rand- Randall William Cook, he uh, actually was involved with all Lord of the Rings movies, Ghostbusters, um, I think, was it Fright Night? Oh, let me look here. I'm going to cheat. Uh, the Thing, um, yeah. uh, Laser Blast, and the Daytime Ended. Uh, <laughs> Q, tw- uh, 2010, Fright Night, that was the other one I was looking yeah. for. Poltergeist 2. You know, he did a lot of effects work. He actually he made a he's very self-deprecating and I really enjoyed listening to him. He's in the uh, there's a little like behind the scenes extra as well. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how when they designed the faces, I got the vibe like he kind of took the easy way out. He just made them kind of these dumb blank kind of going the, t- you know, tabula rasa kind of blank slate sort of approach. I think that was like you're saying effective as hell. They're creepy. Well, dude, the, the eyeballs. That one shot when the kids are in the closet and they look yes. up and the camera pushes up to, and he's just standing it's there looking through... in the stare and just like slowly just watching him. It's so just creepy. Staring at him. It's yeah, creepy. It is... I will say that one of the things that, that struck me that I like about the movie is it doesn't build up all of this, you know, everything's hunky-dory, happy, flowers. It literally starts from the word go, him having this nightmare. And it goes right into stuff happening. And while there's not a lot of action in the beginning, there's definitely a lot of this spooky, uh, uh, weird things happening as it builds up to the action. And um, this, it just jumps right into it. So what? there's no, like with Poltergeist in the beginning, they at least kind of played up the happy family in the suburb. And, and when there's a, like almost a whimsical nature at first to the, the yes. The, and the it's ghost. meant to kind of catch you off guard yeah. and, um, oh, it's something that's on. And of course, you know, that was built up brilliantly because then that built up to holy crap. When the bad stuff starts happening, it catches you off guard. But one of the things I like about this, it just jumps right in. I mean, it literally, the first scene is him having this nightmare, and um, then all these little things happen in between, and they just don't let up as it speeds up. So, Oh, yeah. The minions scare the crap out of me, so. Well, it's like, I think, but they held up really well. I mean, were there moments, like, when uh, Terry falls down the hole, and they're jumping on him, his, his reaction. <laughs> just the way, and, like, the one that bites him on the neck. Even It's funny, in the commentary, <laughs> Randall William Cook, the guy who created these things, kind of does one of these. Oh, oh, oh God! I can't believe they, he acknowledged that one looked bad. <laughs> yeah. But for the most the part, the one where Terry's in the closet and uh, Glenn gets in the closet to look for his dad's gun, and Terry comes out and bites him. Okay, with well, the, that, let's set that up because I want to get to that. Hold on, don't don't go there just yet because that's <laughs> that's kind of key to. So this movie gets progressively darker and darker. Yeah, and keeping in mind family horror yeah. movie. Okay, 
that well, in that it didn't have a lot of guts. Well, so. it was it was, but that's the thing. But when it did have like bloody stuff, it was just intense. Like there's a moment early on they they and, and that was the other thing. And this was I thought this was really good screenwriting. Uh, the the writer Michael Nankin really did a great job setting up and foreshadowing things. So. The oh, gun yeah. that comes into play at the end is just, just he does. I think it was Dostoevsky who uh, you know said that if you sh- you're going to use a gun in the end of your book or your in, you know obviously you've got to show it show it at the, in, over uh, the mantle at yes. the beginning. I mean, yes. you know, it needs to be used, you right. know, or, or rather shown before it's used. Otherwise, people are like, well, how the hell did they get it? Oh, wow, that's convenient. Yes. Yep. But it eliminates that whole debate when it's at least established. And it was established in a very interesting kind of simple way and but there was moment like the the rocket that he ends up using and the 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 launch kit and all that kind of stuff is done and it's tied in with the characters and how they're reacting to each other so that it never feels forced and even and even when terry goes down that hole and goes down into the 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 whole you know the 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 gateway to hell (laughs) he loses his shoe Um, because when he comes out he goes my shoe wait 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 yeah what what era you were brought up in I know it's Highway to Hell for starters. I love ACDC. And I know you. I, it's called. Okay. I Plus, was, you got busted for the last time when you said. I was paraphrasing. Oh, baby, you you have what I need. I didn't say have. I said you got. <laughs> who, who would say have? Oh, baby, you got you what, what I need. need. Who I didn't say have. <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen to that. I did not say have. If I did, I deserve everything. I'm a moron. Well, you already are a moron, but well, yeah, you know that's beside the point. So yes, uh, so when his shoe comes off, yes. And then the so, end... but but at the very very literally the end of the movie tail end, the dog who died early on. <laughs> that was that was the worst. Angus. Day. Yeah, Ang- Angus, little dog. Yeah, <laughs> the dead dog. Yeah, the dead dog. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, Mags. Uh, so, so when the kid, when the kids like carry this dog around, I'm thinking that dog had to weigh 70, 80 pounds. He's carrying it around like it weighed ten. Like it's, it's a stuffed dog. I know what it is. For the love of God, I know they didn't kill a dog. No, but I mean he's carrying it around like it's a stuffed dog. Yeah, but that's dog. yeah. Like he didn't sell it very well. He didn't no, sell it, it very well. It was not a full size. Yeah, dead weight. A dead weight sheep dog is not going to be like one arm. Like this kid's yeah. got little pipe cleaners for arms. He's going to be carrying it around. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the dog that died and was like the sacrifice and helped bring forth the demons from hell, whatever. You know the moral of that story is, right? um, Every dog has his day. No. You need to keep your hairy Angus away from your dirty smoking hole. Nice. How how long did you have to work on that one, seriously? Dude, that was like 25 minutes I worked on. (laughs) No. I was watching it and I thought, it's Angus. They got to keep Ang. Don't put Ang. Because I've watched it, obviously. Don't put Angus. Don't put Angus in the hole. Don't put the hairy Ang- <laughs> Angus in the hole. Don't put. Oh, my God. They put the hairy Angus in, in the, the smoking hole. Smoking hole. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the Forgotten Flix episode 44, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Check us out on iTunes. Yes. So <laughs> I have no idea where I was going anywhere. Uh, that's all right. Anyway, yeah. The dog brings the. Oh, uh, yeah. So the dog uh, comes back the at, the at the end. Yes. Yeah, foreshadowing. And, and he, he actually. Yes. He actually. It goes back to the hole. He's kind of digging at the hole, and, the, and there's a tree sprouting. And that's the other thing. At the very beginning, what happened? The tree fell, and that's what released, you know, yeah, kind of revealed yep. the hole. Well, and those were subtle enough, though. They weren't yes, like this very over, subtle. Oh, yeah. But in your face. Yeah, your face. But, but that was what I really appreciated was that there was that kind of uh, attention to those types of elements. Mm-hmm. And um, when, as, as the story progresses, they had set up this picture of the family, which is where it was originally going with this. So I did bring it back. Oh, uh, there's a picture oh. of the family on the wall. And it's just uh, the father, the mother, who, or, by the way, throughout the whole picture of left, you know, like all 80s, great 80s horror and comedies, you know, the 
parents go away for the weekend and leave these kids alone. <laughs> yes. You think they learn. And no. so it's a picture of the happy all-American family. Well, later on in the midst of all this, Glenn is walking past and looks at it. And it's kind of like a moment like from like The Shining or something. They're all in the picture exactly as they were. Glenn is exactly as he was, smiling and... And everybody around him is laying and like dead and oh, bloody, like bloody, and like they've been and, hacked and up. And he's just sitting yes. there smiling, and it's creepy. <laughs> and, and like somebody says, "What's wrong?" He goes, "Nothing." He doesn't even want to acknowledge it. And it's just no. a quick little throwaway thing, but it's creepy as hell. And then, yeah. um, as the again, as the thing goes on, there like what Jason was getting to, what he was alluding to, is at one point Terry and ultimately Glenn's sister are taken into the wall as sacrifices mm-hmm. um, to unleash this big uber Harryhausen demon and later on when Glenn's looking for the gun that's what he was doing at that point right he was supposed to be was he yeah because she was yeah because she was holding the door that's right this is right before the the work guy falls like you said he falls down and turns into demons she's holding the door and she keeps saying go get dad's gun he runs down looks for the gun in the front hall closet yes and and reaches in and in the gun bag all it is is pretty much Terry's head now (laughs) and they were originally gonna make him look really demonic but I guess they didn't have the budget for it I'm glad they did because he looks just kind of like a rat I guess because yes, he's got these like they put these extended buck teeth on him and he's kind of <sighs> and he bites Glenn in that soft part of the palm, like between the thumb and the index finger right yeah. there. And that and he just has a hold of that skin. And it's like a little he's rat a- dog. Like, <laughs> and it sounds stupid. And you're probably laughing. I go, what the hell? Yeah, that's horrifying. It's no. creepy. And for some reason, the idea of little things biting. That's why I hate mice and rats, dude. The idea of there's something little biting you. <laughs> Like, I remember when one of my kids was, like, six months old, and, like, you know, little kids would just, like, lean over and just kind of, and I, like, freaked out, and he started crying. I was like, ah! Because I knew he had, like, three teeth, and I didn't want to get bit. Like, that's a phobia of mine. So. <laughs> well, the best part of that scene is, as oh, Glenn yes. is being bitten by the rat. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, his sister comes down, and she's, oh, my God, she's got to do something to save him. So what does she pick up? The most deadly weapon in her arsenal a Barbie. a Barbie doll. And she jabs the leg of the Barbie doll right into, into his, his eyeball. And then, like, but they show it as it pulls it. back. Yes. She jabs it in, and they don't show it really going in his eye at first. No. But then they show her pull it back, close-up shot of the Barbie leg dripping with eye juice and yeah, blood. And then she jabs she it again. Back in for a second. And then shot. they show it when it <laughs> pops out. Yeah, yes. And he's like, ah! Now, apparently, that scene almost got them an R. The MPAA was a no-go. That's they did. I guess it was originally gorier than it was in the final cut. <laughs> so they ended up you know, getting their PG-13. But, I mean, like, I, I watched this movie. I, I even turned to my wife. I was like, I really don't remember this movie being this friggin' violent. I mean, it was, yeah, I was, it was shocked. Scary, I'm telling you. Yeah, it was creepy at parts. So, I mean, even just little things like um, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie is when the minions first come out. And they all are in the house freaking out. The power has gone out and yeah. the little minions come after them and they close the door and the little minions arm, which, you know, the size of your pinky finger gets caught in the door and it and then drops and hits the ground and turns into these little wormy things. And the phone starts ringing. And when they pick up the phone and it's the dad again, bang, bang. And yeah. she drops it and the phone, well, she actually in her, well, it's still in her hand, the phone catches on fire, but the phone on the wall you know, old-fashioned kitchen yeah, the phone. handset catches on uh, fire, but the actual... Right, but the phone itself yeah. melts against the wall. In one take. And, and it's it not was, stop motion. No, it was it was like they had done some kind of... Yeah, you a, know what they did? It's a wax what? phone. And they, and they u- heated it up? They used some kind of heat, I guess, like some kind yeah. of um, like a heat gun or some heat lamp. And they, and they, and they frame, filmed it at one frame per second. You yeah, see, that's what I love about practical effects, dude. Down against it. Yeah, it You're was forced awesome. to be 
it, it uses injury. Again, today, CGI. And it would have looked stupid and like CGI. But now, <laughs> this actually looked, because it's real. It's a tangible aesthetic. It's a real thing melting in one take. And it looked great. I, I got nice. to say, the only thing in this that kind of pulled me out a little bit because all the effects had the same feel to them. I loved all. I love all practical effects too. We've talked about this. The only thing is when that main demon comes out of the hole at one point. Which, by the way, since when did the hole move to under their floorboards? I thought it was in the backyard. Yeah, well, you know, it's the gate of hell. Yeah. You can move where it wants to move. They're in the closet. You got to bring the house, bring the story inside. I get it. But the big giant demon comes up. It looks like you know, like something out of Clash of the Titans. It looks like the Kraken. You know, because yep. it's got. That was the only time that it kind really? of. I actually thought it looked great. I did look good, but it was a different style than the rest of the movie had been. Well, yeah, because he, and he, he said, talked and he, about there was no stop motion. It was all forced perspective. Well, and he even, said, he even said that that was a, a conscious choice to make that the rate, because he originally wanted to, I think, do everything Harryhausen style, but right, budget right. limitations and whatnot. So that was his one opportunity. And apparently, I'd love to see this like high-def Blu-ray, because apparently the detail, that the intricate detail that he made on that model is just yeah. really pops. And I, I personally thought that I mean, it held up well, and actually, the ma- the way it was, uh, the because li- the real key to all that stuff is always the lighting issue, especially yeah. when Glenn yeah. is up against it. Is he, yep. you know, is he uh, lit evenly with the, you know, the, you know, a lot of times they either do rear projection or the, you know, they would have done. Do it. they look like they're in the same room? Because the, if the lighting yes. is off, I will tell you the movie that I always thought it looked the worst in was Jedi: Return of the Jedi with the Rancor monster. Um, you go back and watch the original, even back when you'd see it. I remember it looking. Just off that Luke when yeah. he's being held by the Rancor and you see it's Mark Hamill moving around, not just a model. It just it looked wrong. It didn't fit. They didn't match. Something was off the lighting yeah. and yeah, that perspective. But um, that and, and it wasn't bad. I mean, it definitely looked good, like the detail of it. And I love the way that they made the main demon look similar to the little demons and like the way his face was long and had the similar kind of teeth. That all looked still really cool. But it was like they switched styles all of a sudden and it just kind of took out for a second. Of course, which leads to one of the other cool moments of the show when, or the movie when the main demon grabs Glenn mm-hmm. and holds him up by his arm. And then he reaches another hand up and kind of like strokes his head. Yes. And he just says, please. And the thing kind of lets him go and it drops him on the floor and it turns around and disappears. And that's when uh, Glenn opens his hand. And of course that big freaking eyeball in the middle of his hand. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he's got an eye right in the middle of his palm Yes. And you know, and that's the moment when you're like growing out of, not, not like he's holding someone's eye. It yeah, is no, it's, an yeah, eye yeah, it's an eye in the middle of his palm. In his palm. And that's yes. the moment when you want to tell this uh, prepubescent boy, be careful with that, Sonny, you might go blind. Somebody's watching you. <laughs> and on that note, let's go into our movie picks. <laughs> Broke it free, my friend. You set it free <laughs> into the sewers of life. Yes, uh, and, and on one final note, because I did want to mention one other thing, but that seemed like too perfect an opportunity to. You know, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but uh, Craig Reardon did uh, the, contributed to the makeup effects. He also worked yep. on Weird Science, bringing that you know yep. around, which we are going to do. We've put on our list for next year, uh, of course. The Goonies, uh, Dreamscape, yep. Twilight Zone, the movie, Poltergeist. American War of Linda, although he was listed as uncredited on that, but Altered States, mm-hmm. which is a Ken Russell picture, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tons of stuff. Eaten Alive, which is a really forgotten Toby Hooper movie. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, yeah, Craig Reardon, great makeup effects guy. But yeah, there, there's all sorts of uh, great stuff about the gate. I think, yeah. as you could tell, Jason and I still feel like it holds up pretty well. Yeah, we're kind of fanboys for yeah, it. Yeah. I got I to gotta ask you something, though, because yes. I noticed something in this. You know, going back and watching these 80s movies really enlightened me to where some of the, quote, geniuses of our age have gotten their material. We already talked about um, the Harry Potter reference um, in... Uh, uh, oh, Hoggle? Last... Yes, yes, Hogwarts. Hog... Yeah. Yep. Labyrinth. Um, do you think <laughs> Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse watched this movie. I'm trying to figure out in what context. Like, why would that be? Because, hello, Workman. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. I was going to say the Spiderwick Chronicles, actually, because <laughs> that's basically the exact same movie, but with like more like mythical creatures, which is actually a pretty decent little flick. I don't know if you yeah, ever saw it. but It is, yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking the whole time. They keep calling him Workman, and even his name in the credits is Workman. I'm like, yeah, I think that's a bit of a totally lost, uh, I man. Think that, I think that's, totally I think lost. no, I think our Night of the Creeps Dharma Initiative ripoff is much more apropos. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. So maybe they're just pulling all of their references from '80s movies. No, they very well might. In fact, if they are, in a way, it's kind I of brilliant. Even more, yes. Yeah, it's kind of brilliant. So, Jason, you want to hit us with your first movie pick? Yes. I actually am very excited about my pick tonight because it is something that um, when we when I watched The Gate and we started doing our research and everything, I saw this and thought we have got to add this to our list for next year because this is a movie that I remember absolutely loving when I watched it when it came out originally. I have no idea how it would hold up because I literally have not seen it since the early 80s. But um, my choice is a movie directed by Michael Nankin, who is the writer mm-hmm. of The Gate. Um, I picked Midnight Madness from 1980. That's the one with Michael J. Fox. Yes, I've never seen and it. David Naughton. I've never seen you it. You haven't seen it? Nope. I remember the commer- I remember the movie. Pre- I don't know what the heck movie we were in. What you came about? 1980 or 82? It's 80. 1980. Okay. I don't know what movie we would have been in, but I I had this vague recollection of the trailer for it. And, but being in a theater, seeing it at a very young age. But that's uh-huh. the only thing I know of it. Like I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it is. It stars David Naughton, who is the guy, uh, the uh, the main character from um, American Werewolf. Yeah. American Werewolf in London. Yep. And then Michael J. Fox is in it as well. And um, it's basically the story. It's a very simple plot. It's basically a story of uh, all of these college kids who uh, kind of get roped into doing this scavenger hunt across the city. And each one's a different colored team. There's the blue team and red team and yellow team. And um, they have to go solve all of these riddles to get to the next stage in the scavenger hunt i am i am absolutely positive this would be a raging fever inducing case of cnd oh I have yeah no doubt i, I watched i i did see part of the uh, trailer recently it would be because it's funny it, you actually picked it it was on my short list was it really even though i hadn't seen it, i was gonna admit i was gonna say i haven't seen it but i vaguely remember it and i'm sure it's worth watching for i mean the... it's got it's got eddie Deason in it from revenge of the nerds it's got and i just remember a couple of very key scenes from back when i watched it i remember uh they were in <laughs> they were in the diner and their clue was to look between the melons so they were all ordering the fruit plates and they were all getting these uh, uh the cantaloupes and watermelons they're all digging through all of it and at one point I think it was David Naughton um, looks up and the waitress is there and she leans over and she has a gold necklace that uh, the the charm of the necklace falls down into her crevasse. And yes. And it says, hug me. 
And so they realize that's it, and they run out, and so um, they try and figure out what it stands for. It stands for huge – you move the letters around. It's an anagram for huge M, which then leads them to a miniature golf course. A, the and fact that you remember that. B, the, the fact that I almost fell asleep while you were telling me, and it dealt with <laughs> boobs and necklaces, and yet I almost fell asleep. So, yeah, we should definitely do that one, Jason. <laughs> It, I'm I'm telling you this would be an awesome movie to do. So yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's a Michael J. Fox movie. How can we not do it? Um, let's do uh, was it High School USA that he was in with Nancy McKeon? Let's do that instead. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so Midnight Madness, 1980. It's uh, if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it and tell me if I'm just full of crap. So they'll tell you that anyway. <laughs> if I'm more full of crap than normal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this town needs an enema. <laughs> My pick from 1993. Uh, well, I won't really say starring. I guess he had a supporting role, but Mr. Stephen Dorff. And uh-huh. no, I did not pick SFW. That was 1984, and that is one of those obnoxious Gen X. Oh, we're against the man. This is our reality bites. Oh, <laughs> not that we're ripping off reality bites because it was a big hit, but that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. No, it wasn't that one. It is Judgment Night. Do you remember uh, Judgment uh, Night from 1993? Um, vaguely. Yes, it is the tale. That's the one as um Dennis Leary. Yes. And oh uh, God, um, um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, and I didn't click. <laughs> yep. And and the guy best known for Mighty Ducks and Minute Work. <laughs> Emilio Estevez. <laughs> yes, I love Minute Work. By the way, so don't knock it. Don't knock it till you try it. I actually remember liking it too, but I, I have a pretty strong feeling that it's one of those, I think even at the time I go, I like this movie, but I know it sucks. I yeah. think it was one of those. But this is, that was kind of, this is kind of the gang movie where they, yeah, well, they basically, see yeah, the basic premise is these friends, and actually Jeremy Piven is also one of the friends. So Stephen Dorff, Jeremy Piven, Cuba Gooding Jr., before, pre, pre Jerry Maguire, and pre Snow Dogs. And Emilio, Emilio Estevez are these friends that are going to this boxing, uh, big boxing match in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Emilio is from the, sur- the suburbs, the burbs. And he leaves his wife and his baby girl at home. And they're on they're in an RV. They're in an RV. And the, the wife is, of course, concerned because his friends, Emilio's friends are wacky and big party animals. <laughs> so anyway, on the way, there's a bad traffic jam. So they take a detour, get off an exit ramp and. A la Adventures in Babysitting, they oh, go to the, the quote-unquote bad part of town. <laughs> Broken <laughs> down cars, smoking it, manholes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, smoking what? Oh, you meant literal. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do not Talking like Talking smoking holes. Yes, I don't like Harry Angus or smoking manholes. <laughs> I let that on the record now. Yeah, so these friends go out, and on the way, uh, they witness a brutal murder, and Dennis Leary is a crime boss. Mm-hmm. who, let's just say, has something to do with said murder and will not let the... He doesn't want any witnesses. So the premise is, of course, it's called Judgment Night. Do the math. It's basically deliverance in an urban setting. That's basically what this movie is trying yeah, to do. That's a good and I put. saw it at the drive-in in 93 when it came out. I believe that may have been the last time I saw it, though I recall liking it a lot. This one, another movie called Trespass, that had Bill Paxton in it, had a similar oh, vibe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. So, but yes, Judgment Night, 1993, Check it out. I think we should. I think this needs to go on the schedule for next year. Uh, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's got a pretty good cast. Yeah. And um, yeah. Okay. So uh, on that note, Jason, um, let's hit the folks with a quick promo and then some feedback. What do you say? 
Yes, please. You got questions? JV Mail's got answers. JV Mail. 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 Dot com. JV Mail. Wednesdays, 8, 7, Okay, so what's the name of his website? Uh, I forget. Okay. Yeah, so if you're uh, interested <laughs> in, a, in a good short podcast that will keep you laughing, JV Mail. Yeah, and I'm not, okay, I'm going to say something here for a second. None of you are going to believe me. None of you, and I'm talking to you, JV, are going to believe me. But I got to tell you, there is a very, very short list of podcasts that I actually subscribe to and listen to on a regular basis, and JV Mail is one of them. And and just so we're clear, when he says that, he literally means that's the only one he subscribes to, and he, in fact, doesn't even listen to ours ever, which oh, I really can't blame God, him. God, this garbage. Jeez, I have to live through it once. You want yeah, me to do really. it twice? It would be painful. So first up in our feedback, Jason, <laughs> <laughs> um, it wouldn't be an episode, even though he missed Teen Wolf and made me cry, without Peter. Hey, guys. It's me. Uh, I almost forgot. Uh, the Gate, uh, I saw that when I was new in a theater, actually. Uh, this was one of those uh, sleeper hits. No one believed it would amount to anything. Especially against Ishtar. And uh, I always liked it. Uh, seen it a couple of times. And uh, it's got some uh, some creepy moments there. And uh, the effects are amazing uh, for for the time. So, uh, no, no, no bad words about this. Don't know about the sequel, though. I haven't seen that one. So, uh, you might want to mention that. And when this is played on the episode, you maybe, maybe you have, because I'll go in the end. And see, that didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm not, I'm not calling from my balcony. I'm not even outside. I'm not even at home. See you guys. Bye-bye. These are not the droids you're looking for. That's because he's in your backyard because you were talking smack. He's coming to get you, man. I wasn't talking smack. You were talking smack. <laughs> oh, shit. That was me. Yeah, and, and you know, he did say in the end, and we have talked about Harry Angus and Smoking oh, Holes. Oh, and Dirty Smoking Holes. Yeah. I think I saw that movie, Dirty Smoking Holes. <laughs> Next up, we have, oh, and speaking of Gate 2, which we really probably shouldn't, I actually sat, I, had, I did see it. Okay? I remember seeing it on video. Um, I literally, that's all I remember about it because I watched the trailer, and other than the fact that the kid, Terry, who grew up, looked kind of creepy because he looked exactly the same, yet like he'd gone through kinda puberty. Stretched. Yeah, kind of like stretched yeah. out a little bit with a deeper voice. <laughs> I really, watching the trailer, I was like, I recall none of this. It was as if, like they had pulled like a men in black on my ass and just <laughs> zapped me. And I don't, I was like, you can't remember this horror. Look into the white flash. <laughs> exactly. So now up Kevin Batchelder. Hey guys, it's Kevin Batchelder. I wanted to share some general thoughts uh, after your teen wolf episode, which uh, as they always are, was a ton of fun. Really enjoyed it. It's funny. I, I had a thought when I heard you were doing that one, that uh, uh, that movie definitely could have been like the poster child for C and D because uh, although I didn't see it, very recently, it's been a few years, when I did go back to it, it really did not hold up well. So I think that's a perfect case of where that fits in, as you guys are often talking about that. But I did love the the rabbit hole or the tangent you guys went down as far as some 80s TV shows. That was a lot of fun, uh, hearing you go in those directions. And uh, uh, Jason talking a little bit about uh, the uh, Tales of the Gold Monkey 
stuff. Uh, lots of fun. Enjoy when you guys just go in all directions there. On a somewhat related note, that. I was lucky enough uh, <laughs> back in the uh, probably mid-'80s to be out in uh, the L.A. area and got to see a taping of Night Court. That was pretty cool. First TV show I actually saw, you know, part of a studio audience. It was tons of fun, and uh, that's when uh, Marky Post was on the show. And uh, that, <laughs> very easy on the eyes. Got to love that. I <laughs> also love the idea you guys mentioned about possibly doing a commentary about a movie at some point, a little MST3K or something, and doing it live on the web or something. I, I'd certainly be all in to be listening to that. That would be very cool. And, and also can't wait to have you guys cover at some point uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That uh, could be a blast. I can uh, already think of a million jokes that are going on there. So <laughs> great job on the cast, guys. Really enjoy them. Hope you take care. Indubitably, my friend, and Teen Wolf doesn't hold up. Tell that to the penis popper at the end of the movie, Kevin. <laughs> Rabbit. He said rabbit hole. Yeah, he ra- said rabbit hole. By the way, uh, visit us at uptherabbitshole.com. <laughs> Last up, Jason. And, and thank you, Kevin. That was excellent. And I'm kind of concerned we may create some kind of weird time vortex. You were on this last episode that came out today, which is the day we're recording this episode, but you're referring to an episode two episodes ago. Mm, yeah. It Almost like it would create some kind of weirdness. Hi. You know me. Alright, listen, Jason, what I'll do is I stop the tape and I call in and I say, listen, you are wrong. You're very wrong. You are very, very wrong. And don't say that, don't listen to the show, because I do. All the way to the end, no matter what. Okay, sometimes I skip the last 20 seconds, but you know, it's just the last 20 seconds. And honestly, what's there? Music? Like, I want to listen to that Nightmare on Elm Street song all over again. Come on. Sorry, Nightmare on My Street. Alright? So now I'm going to go back to focusing on the traffic that I'm in and finishing the end of this episode of Forgotten Flicks. I almost said JV Mail because I'm so used to saying, thank you for listening to our episode of JV Mail. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. All right? So I listen to the whole show. You've got to believe me on this. I don't know why I sounded Australian half the time. That'll be all. Thank you very much. And Joel, I believe in you. Thank you. I mean, I believe you. You should. I'm going to hang up and focus on the traffic again. Bye. One day we're going to lose, JV. You know what, JV? You knocked that last 20 seconds. You you knocked those songs. But one day, buddy, one day, you know what you're going to miss out on? You're going to miss out on Winger. That's right. She's only 17. 17. She'll give you. Well, that's kind of creepy. You know or, how I know or, he doesn't listen to the show? You know how I know? Why? You know how I know? Because we say a secret word at the end of the show. That's true. Aha, aha, we say a secret word yeah. at the end of the show, and you don't know it. Or, you know or well, we don't, I'm is? still on the music thing. Ah. I'm, still, I'm still on the music thing, Jason. What about Warrant? Maybe I'll play Warrant. She's my cherry pie. Sweet drink of water, such a red surprise. I just made up that lyric. I don't even know if that's all right. <laughs> it's cool drink of water. That's oh, that's right. Sweet, whatever. <laughs> you have what I need. Yeah, and by the way, don't go to uptherabbithole.com. Just saying. Oh, and we know what Jason will be doing after the show. So, Jason, you want to hit him with a voicemail? Give us a call anytime, anywhere. Seriously, even if you're on a balcony in Sweden or driving Playing down with the road your blue Peter, at Taco Bell. Or <laughs> driving down the road and <laughs> raging against the machine named Jason. Yeah, well, give it to me, baby. 206-203-0491. Call us and we'll hell, we'll put anybody on. I mean, you've heard. We'll <laughs> put JV on there. We'll put anybody on there. Whoa. Not nothing personal, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, or you could come visit us at uh, ForgottenFlix.com. All sorts of cinematic 
quote fingers, goodness over there. And yeah. check us out on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. Leave a review. We love reviews. It's been a while since we've had a review, actually. We're kind of sad about this. We would love a good, another five-star review. You know, there's the film sack, the ones that beat us in the podcast awards, which it probably because they're awesome. I've actually started listening to them and they're actually really good. So film sack, seriously. That's beyond the point. Yeah, but they have like 5,000 positive reviews. They're awesome. Now we have, we have a few, which is awesome, but I would like more. I would like, I would oh, like yeah. someone like to, to, I don't 4, know. 4,900. I would like somebody to condition our film sack. I'm just saying. <laughs> so yes, please check us out on iTunes. Uh, Twitter, Forgotten Flicks is me. Flick Sidekick is Jason. And Facebook. Not only do we have the Facebook page, the Forgotten Flicks Facebook page, we now have the face, the Facebook podcast, dear God, the Forgotten <laughs> Flicks podcast group page, <laughs> where all sorts of wacky shenanigans <laughs> are taking place. <laughs> it's completely wacky and uncensored. So yes, check us out there. Jason, any final laments? Yes. yes. The secret word is Harry Angus. <laughs> <laughs>